Welcome to the Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is Pete Mamoni, along with Bob and John, and the music that's looping. The Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality. Get that big. There we go. The Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we will be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science. Uncovering true leadership and searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots and backpack, grab your compass and map, and let's get rolling. All right. So today is February 2nd to the, uh, to the, the uh, what do I want to say, the unchurched or those who do, or the, the secular minded, they might call this Groundhog's Day, but uh, Actually, it's the presentation of our Lord, also known as, as uh, um, what's the other word for it? It's candle mass, yeah. candle mass. And so we're going to move into evening prayer of candle mass. Uh, God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy Spirit is... Had, re- had revealed to Simeon that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord. The Lord's revelation to my master set on my right. Your foes I will put beneath your, beneath your feet. The Lord will wield from Zion your scepter of power, rule in the midst of all your foes. A prince from the day of your birth on the holy mountains. From the womb before the dawn I begot you. The Lord has sworn an oath he will not change. You are a priest forever, a priest like Melchizedek of old. The master standing at your right hand will shatter kings in the day, in the day of his great wrath. He shall drink from the stream by the wayside, and therefore he shall lift up his head. And glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord. As the law prescribed, they offered to the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Oh, let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleading. If you, O Lord, should mark our guilt, Lord, who would survive? But with you is found forgiveness. For this we revere you. My soul is waiting for the Lord. I count on his word. My soul is longing for the Lord more than watchmen for daybreak. Let the watchmen count on daybreak and Israel on the Lord. Because with the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. Israel indeed he will redeem from all its iniquity. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, it's now, and will be forever. Amen. As the law prescribed, they offered to the, Lord's, to the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. Let us give thanks to the Father for having made you worthy to share the lot of the saints in light. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. Through him we have redemption, 
the forgiveness of our sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creatures. In him everything in heaven and on earth was created, things visible and invisible. All were created through him, all were created for him. He is before all else that is. In him everything continues in being. It is he who is head, head of the body, the church. He who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, so that primacy may be his in everything. It pleased God to make absolute fullness reside in him, and by means of him to reconcile everything in his person, both on earth and in the heavens, making peace through the blood of his cross. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. Peter, would you take the reading, please? We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is tempted in every way that we are, yet never sinned. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and favor and to find help in time of need. The Lord has made known his saving power. The Lord has made known his saving power. Which he has prepared in the sight of every people. His saving power. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord has made known his saving power. Today, the Blessed Virgin Mary presented the child Jesus in the temple, and Simeon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, took him in his arms and, and gave thanks to God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Today the Blessed Virgin Mary presented the child Jesus in the temple, and Simeon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, took him in his arms and gave thanks to God. Today our Savior was presented in the temple. Let us adore him as we say. Lord, may our eyes see your saving power. Christ Jesus, you are the light that enlightens all nations. Shine upon those who do not know you, that they may come to believe in you, the one true God. You are the Redeemer and the glory of your people Israel. May your church proclaim your salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus, desire of the nations. Simeon, the just man, rejoiced at your coming. Lead all men to recognize that you still come to them. Lord, when you were presented in the temple, Simeon foretold that a sword of sorrow would pierce your mother's heart. Strengthen us to accept the sufferings we endure for the sake of your name. 
Christ Jesus, joy of all the saints, Simeon longed to see you before he died, and his prayer was answered. Hear our plea for all the dead who still yearn to see you face to face. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All-powerful Father, Christ your Son became man for us and was presented in the temple. May he free our hearts from sin and bring us into your presence. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And may the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. So tonight, folks, we're going to be talking about a profile system. We might call it a leadership profile system, perhaps, or at least a teamwork profile system called Working Genius. And uh, it was brought to our attention by our brother, Bob, who's with us tonight. And uh, he's going to talk a little bit about us, tell us about it, how he discovered it. Uh, and then we're going to look at uh, our different working geniuses in the process and kind of talk about how we might think about this and in terms of work. So, Bob, it's all yours. Thanks, John. So, yeah, to, to start off, um, Working Genius is an assessment uh, from Pat Lanchoni. Um, he's about Catholic. Uh, he has a organizational health consulting group called The Table Group that works with various uh, businesses and organizations and, and some parishes as well to um, help them, you know, be at their best and, and really to kind of work through some of these interpersonal challenges. Um, there's a lot of people out there that can crunch the numbers and look at the data, but he's really looking at how, how does your team work together? How can you grow? And what's unique about Pat is um, he's read a lot of uh, books, but his books, he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a film writer. So his books are like parables. They're almost like if Jesus did parables about corporate culture in the 20th, 20th or 21st century. So he has a book called like the five dysfunctions of a team and he like tells a story and he lays out all the dysfunctions within the story. And then at the end, he's like, all right, here's the theory. And he, and he gives that. Uh, and so he's been doing this work for maybe 20 or 30 years of trying to figure out how do we get people to work well together? And what are, what are some of these concepts? And through that, they came to a point when they were like, you know, he has got about like a team of five to 10 people. And they're like, Pat, what, what makes you, you like, why are you, you get really excited about this part of the work. And this other part, you know, you don't like, like you, you push through and, and why are you frustrated with this? And why do you, and why do you gravitate to that? So um, the team just kind of really just, their, their team just kind of like dove into this and they started thinking about um, work, work and how does work get done? So the working genius separate from, you know, John has mentioned DISC, or we'll talk about Myers-Briggs or Jordan Peterson's five personalities working genius is really just looking at an assessment of person of in the phases of work what do they like like to do john do you want to get a little fresher on the other um personality ones or you want to just keep going with yeah i mean if that's if that sounds uh, like an an interesting place to talk about that at this point so the disc profile d-i-s-c uh has been around for a while and um 
the disc profile that's, for instance, we use at Wilderness Outreach is, is by Wiley and Company. And I think it's the best on the market. There's a few people that use the disc profile uh, that you can get that you can get online. One of them is the, and I, I always forget this guy's name, but he's the accountant bookkeeper guy that says, don't have any debt. He's on the radio. Dave good. Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yes. Thank you. So you can go to his website and do a disc profile. Um, and, and, and it's, it's basically the same thing, but the disc is kind of looks at this work environment as well, but it's also the disc is more like a temperament instrument. And it kind of lines up with the ancient temperaments, which um, we'll talk about here just briefly. But DISC stands for dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. And it just so happens that I know the DISC profile of the other two men that were that were together tonight. So because we've been kind of doing these for a while, right? So so Peter and I tend to be kind of similar. Uh, I have a like a high D, a dominance, and then an influence. And Peter's a little bit different. He has a high I. He's more of an influencer with a dominance. And Bob's like a dominant, uh, a dominance type guy too. But he's got a high C, so he means he's very conscientious. So Bob would be different from us uh, in terms of the work and in, 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 in a way. And I think it'll tie into the working genius we'll see here in a little bit too but so uh bob likes to drive the job and get the details done and get it done right so it's if what's interesting about the disc going back many many years ago i think it was in the early 90s when i first uh discovered it i went to this big uh, management seminar for uh, big contractors down in texas and and just and they were using it and what it what it showed was there certain types of temperaments work temperaments that these things really turn you on and so you like to do it and uh, so that's so you wanted to find people who were matching up with with the with the, uh, the the right goals in a sense like working geniuses doing so bob the dc profile that bob has he's like he, that's the guy you want running the project so so discovered early like uh, project managers and superintendents on construction sites tended to have the DC type of, uh, of, of temperament or profile. So kind of a hard driving, get the job done, get it done right. And uh, so that D thing, something that, uh, that Bob, Peter, and I all have, we all have this high D thing. So in that temperament realm, it's interesting thing about the high D uh, temperament it's like we don't mind arguing with each other. In fact, we might get in a real vehement argument with one another. I mean, a knockdown drag out, and we'll just go say, let's go have a beer now. Okay. I mean, so we don't take it personally because everybody, I mean, certainly everybody does that, don't they? You know, so we accept <laughs> that, that dominance, that drive, that well, let's, we're going to dive right at each other and argue about things, right? So that's just the way we're built. Whereas there's other people with different temperaments that, like say in the SC, which is steadiness and conscientiousness that are much more don't want to fight, right? I'd rather be, be in a calm environment. Those guys with the high Ds, they're real fast to fight about things, right? So 
So anyway, that that's a, that's kind of a little thing on the disc profile. Yeah, so that kind of like is a little bit more of you know, you're comprehensive to you as a person, whereas with Working Genius, it's like just in the sense of how does work get done? And you can pull up um, the slides that I think. And again, people can go to there's a whole podcast on the Working Genius. The assessment came out two or three years ago. Um, you can take the assessment for like, I think it's 25 bucks right now. Um, and so for those that are watching online, you can see there's this acronym widget. And so each letter in the acronym is going to stand for something. And this is going from left to right across of, okay, how do, how do we get work done? So if we're going to start with W is that wonder that's at first that person that says, Hey, we need to do something like something needs to change. This is the person that's sort of, you know, up in the cloud, just sort of wondering, hmm, what if we do this? Like something's off here. Let's let we need there's something like, hmm, what, did you ever think about this? What about that? So somebody with the genius of wonder has that. Then you have the I, the invention. And that's um, that's somebody that's you know is coming up with an idea. Let's do something differently. That's you know, we that one's kind of easy to think about. You, you think of the inventors, you think of the Steve Jobs, somebody creating an iPad or you know, an iPhone or, you know, somebody that's coming up with a new, a new way of, of doing something or a new process. So then you have a discernment because, you know, we don't know how many ideas that Steve Jobs, they can, you know, he may have come up with stuff and somebody's like, well, wait, this doesn't make sense. We got to, so you need that discernment person to say, Hey, this just makes sense. And a lot of times they even just kind of have that gut sense of like, Hmm, this is something's off here or, you know, that's, that's going to work. I might not always be able to say it, We've talked about Simon Sinek and that kind of that why that gut that goes beyond before the, the, the verbal gets there. It's just this intuitive sense of like, yeah, that's that's it. John, John has a D and he's talked about sometimes here in that podcast, like with the bridal mysticism. I was like, that's it. That, you know, this is off or that's on. Like, yeah, I got it. Like before the words come that kind of this makes sense. Then you've got the galvanizers, the G. And these are the folks that uh, they really just they rally the troops and they say, all right, somebody thought about that. We need to do something different Then somebody invented it, came up with this thing. The discerner said, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's go with it. So then the galvanizer was like, all right, everybody, like we need to get together to get this idea moving. Then you've got E, you got the enablement which a lot of times this word enablement, we kind of think of it in a derogatory term. We're like, oh, you're enabling them, you know, like you're coddling them. In this sense, the enablement is really, this is the helpful person that's going to say, hey, how can I support this? Like, I'm on board with this idea. Let's do it. You know, we think about, we've talked about the guy that's the third string offensive lineman on the football team, just wants to be part of the team. He's like, I don't care. I'm on the scout team. Like, I want to help us win. I'm here. Let's, let's keep going. Then you've got the last part, the T, the tenacity. This is the person that's like, we're getting it over the finish line. Yep, we got a list of things to do. Let's go. Let's do it. Very detail-oriented. Yep, we got to get it done. So mm. let's, let's move through. Now, the interesting thing is thinking about this in the concept of work is this is sort of the ideal sense of the, the stages of work. But, you know, sometimes you can go from invention to right trying to get it, get it done. And so that's where sometimes we run into these problems is that, we don't always necessarily go through some of these phases mm. in work. And so it's trying to figure out, all right, can we get this in the right order? Mm. And then besides mm. having the six types of working genius, 
each person has two of these of these six that that's in their wheelhouse they love doing it they get the energy from that that's the side of work that they love they so have, yeah yeah I, I i just gotta ask a question yeah. right Go ahead, so as i'm sitting here I'm as, like, a, as a high d you want to interrupt well me? yeah, that's like good. yeah that's <laughs> and because you got a high d you won't take it personally right, right. yeah I'm not. <laughs> So yeah, or did you mean discernment? You probably meant I meant discernment. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's what did I say? So so yeah. So I'm kind of like trying to piece this together somehow. But I'm kind of looking at wonder, for instance, yeah. that first thing, wonder that says this person identifies the need for improvement or change. So that almost sounds like uh, the, there's uh, that that position would be one somebody who's just like almost got their I mean not in a derogatory sense but kind of has their head into the clouds right yeah and that's what actually if you think about that the analogy with widget of like that's the person up at thirty thousand feet and the T is the person like right on the ground that's like get her done so that's yeah from getting to W to T you go from thirty thousand feet down to you know, 30 feet. And so you're right They're They're starting up here to saying, what about, you know, Hmm, something's off or like this team could be working better. Or oh, I wonder if, you know, people cut logs, like it seems to go too slow. Like, is that the way it's supposed to, you know, just that the thinking about the big picture, they're thinking about thinking, Hmm, this seems off. Or, well, and it, it seems like it could be that they're almost like, uh, almost has a they have a desire to think about other possibilities right it's almost mm -hmm. like i it's, i mean and this is the discerning part of me right this person could be like what's thought hasn't haven't i thought about that could be thought about today or what kind of new thing could be thought about that that might solve a problem that we haven't even thought about right it's it's kind of an interesting uh uh genius i guess it's kind of like and you you kind of you mentioned um uh, steve jobs it seems to me that he was that kind of guy right what haven't we thought about today and what could we how can we think about something different in in a way to do something different so peter you're kind of high in that wonder aren't you isn't that yeah so, so maybe you could can can you give us some kind of insight into that did that make any sense what i just said yeah um it's it's like a power and a weakness because i find myself i mean for me anyway i find myself sometimes um seeing a job being given a job and then wondering why i'm not doing something that's more important or like why that job even needs to be done or like seeing like how much better things could be if this got taken care of instead of that you know what i mean and uh i guess that's one part of it but uh but then when things are, when they do make sense to me as well, it's like, I'm still dreaming about other things that are, that are more like big picture, I guess, that I could be doing or taking care of. Hmm. Hmm. Does, does that, does that make sense, Bob? Yeah, I was, I was pulling up in the assessment just a, a, their summary of wonder. The genius of wonder involves pondering and asking questions, contemplating the reasons why things are the way they are. People with this genius derive joy and energy from thoughtfully observing the environment around them and wondering whether there might be a different or better way. Um, hmm. Whereas like with me at T, somebody gives me a task. I'm like, 
sometimes I'm like, if I know how to do it, let's get it done. Okay, I got to get it off the checklist. Whereas Peter's like, hmm, is, that, is this the right thing to be working on? Like, and it's not, neither of these approaches is better than the other. They're just different. If we hmm. will tie it in later, because like, you think about like St. Paul talks about the body of Christ and how, you know, we have hands, we have feet, we have all these different ones. We all need each other. And it's realizing, hey, this person's going to approach the problem differently. So if I, if I need somebody, like you talk about needing the project management, the tasks, like, you're not going to give that to the wanderer who's saying, well, you know what? Maybe we really should have a four-story building instead of a three-story building. Like the ship's already sailed on that. The wanderer needed to be in the drawing room thinking about that, not on the job site saying, all right, we better order more for another, we're going to build another story here. Like that's, it's too late then. So, mm. um, so yeah, so that kind of gets a little bit into that, that sense of, of wonder. Um, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, so kind of just recapping back to, and we can get, we can dive into each one of these a little more as well, but so with the six um, geniuses, you've got two that are your working genius that you really enjoy. That's where you get life and energy and passion. And, and you could do this. If you're doing this 10 hours a day, like you're fine. You might, you have two that are your working competency, which you can do. They're not necessarily your favorite thing, but you don't mind doing them. You can get them done. You're decent at them. Then you have your working frustration. So one or two hours in your working frustration might drain you for the day. You know, mm -hmm. whereas it's like, hey, this guy just yesterday, like he came in at six. He was working till six, crushing it like and he wasn't tired at all. And the other guy's like, I just asked him to do one thing. And it's like, oh, you know, it's just it's and it's not it's not what your sort of innate gifts are and so um thinking about this from kind of an overall perspective of with a team realizing in these different parts of the process okay these people where are they inherently good at as i'm thinking about the workflow sometimes you, you just need to do the work and you may not like it it might not be your your best skill set but you just have to do it we all know that that's life but trying to see like as a manager or on a team the different skill sets and saying, okay, like let's allow the people that are good at this part of the task. Let's give them more of that. And let, and then, and not the stuff they're not good at, but similar to like a strengths finder saying like, well, work with your strengths, like try where you can to go into your working genius, because that's where you get energy and try where you can to um, maybe what's your working frustration. If you can find a compatible person with where that's their genius, and they can do it. Not that you're just trying to pawn it off, but saying like, Hey, that person's going to be energized and they, they like doing that. And you might be like, I hate this. How could anybody like this? And it's like, well, no, God wired these people to like doing that. So mm -hmm. I have just pause there for you guys' thoughts. Cause I, I get excited about this. And so I just keep going. So no, it's good. No, this is, yeah. this is real. Good. That's what we want to, that's what I want to hear. So I'm, and here comes the uh, the the Cerners asking questions yeah. again. So trying to so the uh, so I notice, for instance, on that it goes from like uh, you know wonder to invention, mm -hmm. then from discernment to galvanizing, and then from enablement to tenacity. Is that the way they tend to fit together in this? That that's sort of the the ideal is that widget to go W I D G E T. That okay. that's sort of the ideal. Um, on the team, but obviously some things are smaller and they might not need all of that. And sometimes you do kind of do things in the reverse order. 
Um, because sometimes, you know, a company might start rallying people to do something to galvanize it. And then somebody comes along and says, wait a minute, I've discerned this is a terrible idea. And then, you know, it might just fall flat. So mm-hmm. you could, you can do these or again, sort of in my silly example of like, oh, somebody's on the construction site doing a three sort of like, you really should do four. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like you, it's not that you're, it's set in stone. It's just sort of saying this would be sort of an ideal, natural is kind of a natural flow of how things happen i mean sometimes there are you know pauses and, and stops and you might have to to go around it but when you kind of if you think about the way work gets done these are the steps of it so ideally you do them in this order like you don't want the person like finishing the job and then saying wait a minute we're, we invented the wrong thing here like i mean companies do do that like you know they come out with a product and launch it and then it's like wait a minute that didn't solve a need like, and then it's back to the drawing board. That's that's interesting. So to kind of think about that, some of the big failures, you know, that that was that's something that uh, would have been interesting to think about, like in the history of big business, what's been some of the big failures where all of a sudden there was this big advertising campaign and people who are watching are saying, I'd never buy that. <laughs> you know, well, there you was a, yeah, there's a car, uh, I think it was the Nova, and they tried to release it in, in Latin America, but Nova, Nova in Spanish, Nova means doesn't go. So <laughs> nobody wanted this car because it's like, oh, it's the no-go car. <laughs> like, and they didn't, you know, and so they got all the way to that part and executed on this. And they didn't have somebody there with that discernment of saying, wait mm. a minute, that sounds okay in English, but in Spanish, it doesn't. And so then it just kind of flops. So no I think we've all had the, those uh, things in life where we were, we're so confident in like doing something and then we do it and we're like, wow, that flopped. Yeah. We didn't have that discernment, um, you know, in there saying like, wait a minute, is this, does this make sense? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Vince, our, our brother from down in uh, Nashville area just wrote new Coke right? The new Coke from many years, what, that was probably 15, 20 years ago, maybe the new Coke. So they changed the Coke recipe, right? And they called it the new Coke and it was a complete flop. And it's like, so, so somewhere that's kind of interesting to think, how did that end up all the way down in marketing and become a campaign and a product without, you know, I get, would that be a failure in discernment? Do you think at that point? It could be. I mean, it might even be from the wonder of like, is this the new thing we should be focusing on? Mm. You know, sort of like somebody's like, somebody's just like, hey, I got new Coke. Like the invent they made that. Oh, let's just change Coke. Okay, yeah, we haven't changed it in years, but that sort of big picture, like, does Coke need to be changed? Should we come up with a new product? I'm just kind of spitballing here. I'm not, you know. Sure. Well, that yeah. seems like that's something that's a possibility at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like in in the nineteen. 19- I'm, I'm going to say the 1970s, which goes way back. I mean, it's like twice the age Vince's even, you know, and Vince is old. And Vince is like ancient, right? But, but anyway, uh, there was a beer called Schlitz. And it was like the top selling beer in America. And then they changed the recipe. It was kind of a new Coke type thing. And it completely fell apart, man. It's just like immediate. All of a sudden, it's like you know nobody knows what Schlitz is anymore, right? But at one time, it was the the best selling beer in America, and then some 
for whatever reason, you know, this process didn't work right and it ended up like tanking and, uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so get, give us some more, Bob. Yeah. So, so you'll have yeah. your two working geniuses together. And so then there's, um, they call these the pairings. And so there's, I believe, yeah, it looks like there's 15 of those because there's, hmm. you know, there's the six letters and it's the two. So, so it's also as much as it is about what are your, you know, thinking of those areas that your, your, your genius is in, it's how those two work together. So like for me, I have uh, the TE, the tenacity enablement were my top two. And so that description is the loyal finisher. So like I'm going to help people get it and I'm also going to get it over the finish line. So that's great in one sense. You want me after the idea is vetted. I'm like, all right, what's the task? Let's get it done. The downside is I'm sometimes like, yeah, let me help you get this done. It might be the wrong thing to get done, but by gosh, I'm going to get it done. And so um, so that that's where it is. And another thing with your two geniuses is you you want to ideally use them in the right order so let's again take me as an example with enablement tenacity if before trying to help somebody i just push it over the finish line maybe they didn't want to be helped you know and with that high d for disc it's like yep Dom's like, let's go for it and it's like wait a minute like i i just finished it for him or like for my kids like oh yeah tenacity like let me just put that plate away or like here you need this food let's do this oh you need the door up boop like, oh, I, Dad, I was trying to learn how to put my shoes on. Like, and you just did it because you're like, we got to get going. And so thinking about your own geniuses and you can have like you can have W and T. Um, so you can which is called the careful implementer. So you could be like way up in the clouds and then also the person that gets it over. So you could feel that tension within of like, mm. hey, my it's not necessarily that your two geniuses are right kind of next to each other. Um, they could be a little bit more spread apart. John, yours are, I think, the D and the G, the intuitive activator. So that's those kind of two things together. So you could kind of run into some challenges if you try to galvanize and rally people before you discerning, does this make sense to do? If you do it, if you kind of flip it around. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. So, right. And so that I think, and so, and then Peter, you are WG, the philosophical motivator. Um, and so those are yours is you're kind of like at the beginning of the you're kind of at the beginning in the middle of, of that and describes as an excitable, curious and enthusiastic proponent of ideas and people, a unique combination of eagerness and caution. Does that that seem to fit? No. Yeah, I think I think it does. Um, maybe not exactly. I wouldn't call myself a philosophical motivator, but <laughs> but I think that description fits my personality type. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's the GW say that again. What, what, so we want to really inspect Peter. Here. Yeah. The you know, let's, let's get the, him down under the microscope yeah. and figure out what, what we, we kind of, I'm kind of wondering what's, what's going on with Peter. Yes. No so people, people with this pairing derive real joy and energy from contemplating potential in the world around them, passionately exhorting and encouraging others. They are idealistic and enthusiastic. Their combination leads them to sometimes experience and portray a sense of impulsivity or unpredictability as they go back and forth between passionate action and cautious reflection. Peter, I think you've talked about the extremes before feeling that. I don't know yeah, if that. It sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty spot on right there. 
That's funny. Yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah. So we have Peter's up on the screen. So there's in the green, that's his, uh, yeah. yeah, galvanizing and wonder. So now we've got his, his competency, which is my geniuses, our enablement and tenacity. So it's things that he's capable of and you don't mind doing, um, but it's not the natural gifting. And then the frustration at the bottom of the discernment and um, the invention and coming up with the new ways of, of doing mm. that. Peter, do you ever feel the frustration of like wondering why, like thinking about why it should be different, but not necessarily knowing what yeah. that different thing is? Yeah, I do. It's, it seems like looking at this, you know, that I, what I found kind of interesting about this profile. So like with Peter, uh, galvanizing and wonder, but then he has these working competencies. It almost seems like that sort of anchors him into a working reality, if you would. Right. So he's it's in, which is good because being an enabler in a positive sense, right. Helping others to get the job done or helping. And then and being tenacious in pushing forward and getting the job done. Right. Seems to be a good counterbalance almost to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, the, you know, the, uh, galvanizing and wonder. Right. And that, and that can fit in. And I'll give the example that Pat gives is that Pat and his wife, I think is like, there's like a W I think she's a W I and he's an ID. So all their genius is in like the first half. So they're like, yeah, we came home one day and the lights were off and we're like, did you pay the electric bill? No. Did you like, they both T is at the bot. Like, is there both frustration? So like <laughs> they've got all the big ideas like, well, this is great. It's like, she's like, Oh, you're going to get like, my wife will come up with a great dinner. You might not eat till nine o'clock, but it's going to be great. Like, because it's like, Hey, what can I do this? Can I do that? Let's try something new. And so, yeah, it is interesting. Like, yeah, sometimes like, yeah. So three of the four of Peter's either genius or competency is that, yeah, that's that second half of rallying the troops, encouraging, getting it done hmm. that side of it. And then it's sort of that come up with a new way of doing it, or does that idea make sense? So if you're given ideas that make sense, it's great. You're you're closer. Like I can route, I can get other people on board or help people do it. And then it's sort of like, hey, but if you're asking me to come up with the idea, or does that idea make sense? You may be like, uh, I don't know. So, so this uh, we had kind of talked about before we we started the program about okay, are there things that are happening like in wilderness outreach where we're seeing this? So that real life story. So t two years ago, this coming summer, Peter and I are going to Wyoming and we're out setting up a base camp in an area uh, near the encampment wilderness. And uh, so we've, we, we got there ahead of everybody to kind of get the base camp located. And, and so when, when the men started showing up, we'd know where we're going to be. So we were heading back into town after we had set the, the camp up and it was a real cold morning. So we're up at about, it was between seven and 8,000 feet is on the border between Colorado and Wyoming. And we're coming down over the hill and it's probably about 27 degrees out. And we're coming down this country road heading towards uh, Laramie. And there's a guy standing in the middle of the road and he's like waving at us. 
So of course we pull off and what's kind of interesting. One of the first things we noticed is we got out of the, he's got like all Arcteryx gear on. Right. So, and for anybody who knows what, who's, who's an outdoors person and Arcteryx is like the best of the best, right? It's the most expensive of the, of, of the outdoor gear that you have, but he's got a like Arcteryx, uh, raincoat on rain pants and uh, probably an arcteric sweater underneath of all that but so this guy stops us and says um my car won't start it's 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 a problem right well what's so fascinating about this is that it he's got a subaru and lo and behold Peter used to work on Subarus. This is one of his Peter's jobs he had. He used to work for a for a dealership, was it Peter? Where you worked on Subarus? Is that correct? I'd run into a couple of Subarus, but I was I hadn't worked for Subaru before. But yeah, I'd <laughs> I'd been working on cars for a couple of years at this point. Yeah. But he's so anyway, it was kind of interesting. So uh, Peter sort of knew what was going on, but he started asking the guy lots of questions about, well, what's been going on. But anyway, we find out this guy's from Hawaii and he's a professor at the University of Hawaii in psychology of all things. Right. And he's broken down in the backcountry of Wyoming and he's got a bike strapped to the top of this Subaru. And so as we start talking to the guy, we find out he came to America to do this cross-country drive on a bike with a bunch of people. And uh, if they were coming across the southern United States, it got really hot. And he got, like, kind of freaked out because it was really brutal. So he decided he was going to kind of take off and do something else. So he literally bought this Subaru at some dealership down in New Mexico, then Southern New Mexico, where it was like a hundred degrees and he turns North with his bike on top. <laughs> and we run into him at like six o'clock in the morning in Wyoming on the Colorado border. And he's broken down. I mean, we're miles from anything. I think it's like miles. There was no discernment really going on with him of like, hey, does this make sense? Like, fly to America, buy a car, and go off by yourself in the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> and it was it was kind of funny because as we just had some really good conversations with him. You know, Peter jumped into evangelization with him like right out of the right out of the gate, I think. And he was talking to him about the, you know, masculine spirituality and we're Catholic men. And, and then, uh, uh, so in the meantime, Peter's looking at the car, asking him questions. And, uh, and finally, uh, Peter ascertains that he finds out the guy stopped. He kept having this pro he couldn't get the window to work on the passenger or in the, the driver's side. It was an elect electrical window, right? He couldn't get it to work, so he stopped at some uh, some shop somewhere, and they changed out the switch for the window. And Peter immediately zeroed in, that's what the problem is. It's probably shortened out in there, and it's draining the battery. And, like, within a few minutes, Peter's got the door panel off. He's got the switch unhooked. And we've actually fired his car up and, and he's got it running, right? So it's running now. And uh, in the meantime, Peter's trying to get this door panel back on. And it's like 27 degrees out and it's cold out. 
And for so it's like it's it's like for like 15 minutes, Peter keeps trying to get this door panel on, right? And it's just like it's getting really frustrating. And this is his tenacity coming out. So he's got he's 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 grabbing part of this part of his working competency is this tenaciousness. And the guy is even saying, look, man, we'll just kind of toss it in the back. We don't need to, you know, I don't want to bother you guys anymore. And Peter says, no, I've got to get this. I'm going to get this right. Why? I walked off and I was like, because the whole thing was beginning kind of frustrating. (laughs) And I walked away and I made the sign of the cross and I said, Lord Jesus, if Peter's supposed to put this panel back on. Please let it be so. And I turned around and walked back to the car. And as soon as I got there, it went click. <laughs> it just popped yeah. right back on. You know, it was, it was an amazing thing. But anyway, but Peter was just like, he was not letting that dog die, right? He's He had hold of it. And it was, uh, it was, he was going to keep rolling with it. So anyway, interesting. Yeah. That's not really one of his strengths, right? But that's one of his working competencies. So. Right. Whereas John, for you, that's, that's the frustration. So he'd be like, Hey, we've helped you. We got it going. You said, put it in the bath. <laughs> right. I would have taken care wire cutters, cut that wire off and thrown the thing in the back seat, man. It's like, <laughs> even if I was him, you know, it's like, no, it's like, you know, I'm not dealing. Stop. John wasn't even doing anything. He walked away and said a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's I like had to go away and here. discern whether the Lord wanted it to be so or not, I guess. Right. Yeah. I was where I was waiting for you to come be like, that's it. I was ready. <laughs> yeah. So so let's look back at Bob's a second there, right? So Bob, talk up talk about yours again in this. Yeah, so, yeah, that's so kind of me, interesting. Yeah, go go talk about you you a little bit there. Yeah, that. so for me again, like we talked so that at the end of the project, that tenacity and uh, enablement. So I'll pull up on mine, the loyal finisher. And people with this pairing derive joy and energy from completing tasks and responding to the needs of others in the pursuit of getting things done. They're quick to answer the call to action, equally valuing responsiveness and reliability. They're low maintenance contributors or hold themselves accountable for delivering on their promises. They have a hard time saying no to requests and find themselves overcommitted and prone to burnout and lack of appreciation. We call this pairing the low finisher. And so, yeah, so you've got the, you've got the plus and the shadow side of that. So yeah, I have found myself being like, no, I need to keep up this relationship. No, I got to keep doing this. Oh, I started this, you know, I, I committed to this exercise routine. Life's changed, but no, I need to keep doing it. Like I got to do this. I said, I'm going to do it. I don't like this book, but I've only got 50 pages left. Like I should finish it. Like that's, so it's like cool. And one says, yes, you can get it done. But again, am I using the discernment that needs to be done, you know, like, or is somebody asking me to help them get this done? I find this with the kids. I'm like, oh, we got to go. We need to leave right now. So, okay, I'm just putting your jacket. Like, could I let them put their jacket on? Like, am I taking on too much of that instead of like, I, I know I can get frustrated because I'm valuing completion versus asking, A, does this need to be done? And B, does it need to be done this fast? So that's sort of that's where the, the struggle is. And so that's part of the shadow side of, of the tenacity, mm-hmm. um, the frustration on here, the galvanizing and the invention. That's not really my wheelhouse to be like, oh, how, how can we do this differently? I can get it done. If you say, hey, we need to get this done. I can get it done. It's in, and I might be able to help you say like, oh, yeah, that idea makes sense to get it done. Well, let me think about the big picture. But 
either trying to get people inspired to get it done or coming up with that new idea. That's where it is. So a prime example is like for John saying like, Hey, I got this board in Cyrus. I'm like, Hey, I'd like you to come out in, in five or six years ago, like for a bunch of kids, like you came out to Pennsylvania, did a couple weekends. And it's sort of like, John has voted in the Cyrus. That was his idea. And I'm like, Oh, let me help him. This would be great for people in Pennsylvania to see like, yeah, let me help that. And yeah, I'll find the campsite. I'll find the priest. Yeah, we'll get it done. I didn't have the original wilderness outreach idea. I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. It's already been vetted. Like, let me help it keep going, if that makes sense. Hmm. So you mentioned another thing there, and it got me thinking about Peterson's five major aspects. Because, and I and I'm kind of wondering about this. And you've you've taken his five big aspect scale. Is that correct, Bob? No, I actually I haven't. So okay. Well, you admit the, the way you had mentioned that. I don't know, Peter. You might have picked up on this but bob you said something about like uh <clears throat> you'll tend to just like get the job done right and somebody asks you to do something and it's natural for you to say yes i'll do it i'll just move ahead and one of his five major aspects is called and is called agreeability yeah, and I've heard of that. that's a, so a person who's agreeable will tend to do that. Like, when right, but the enablement, hey, it's like, let me help this. Like, yes, like it needs to be done, and you're asking for help. Like, yes, I can do it. Like, I know how to get it done. If I didn't know how to get it done, or if I didn't have, like, I don't know how this could get done, but if it's sort of like there is a path, and this person needs help, like, I get energy from somebody that works, like, hey, mm -hmm. do you know how to use this tool? Like, how do you do this in Excel or how do you, how's this quick? I'm like, yeah, let me show you. Boom, boom, boom. You do that, which is helpful. But like in one, it's helpful, but then it's also like people could keep asking you and then you're like, oh, I get energy from that. But then it's also, am I getting the right things done? Hmm. You know, am I, have, I, have I used any of that discernment to say, wait a minute, that person isn't actually going to learn it. They just know if they ask me. So that's been part of my growth is real. trying to realize like, yes, when should I help people? When am I butting in? And just trying to get it done, bulldoze through versus like, oh, I should step back and wait a minute. And I know Covey was, you know, I was listening to you guys a while ago and reread The Seven Habits. And he talks about effectiveness over efficiency. And that really spoke to me as an ET because I'm like, I want to be efficient. I want these tasks done. But pausing and saying, wait a minute, do these tasks need to be done? Is that is it more effective to get these two things done than to get the 10 other things like, oh yeah, I got all these off my checklist, yeah. but wait a minute, did they need to get done at all? Well, it seems like with your, you know, with your working competency then of, of discernment and wonder the way you're talking about that, there is an aspect that you're comfortable with kind of wondering about things, right? Yeah. I've gotten, I've grown at that. I've said, I think it's been more the natural. I can think back to saying like, yeah, the natural having gotten burned or realizing, wait a minute, I've done too much to start to yeah. Yeah, use some of that competency to say. And and you and minute. Peter would have some, you would have some, in a sense, coalescing around that, it would appear, right, in terms of similarities. So I think, Peter, you're high in wonder. Is that it? Is yeah. But when Bob's talking about pushing through to get to the finish line and, and like, talking about, like, hurry up, get your coat on, we have to leave. Like, <laughs> I see myself there quite a bit. And then... <laughs> Like as as you're talking about uh, reflecting on Covey's work, Bob, I start thinking about like the 
I fall into the trap of just get ch- hitting the checklist and getting things done, especially with my kids, like homework and stuff like that. And like, is it more valuable for my kids to know that I'm a, I'm a merciful and loving father, or is it more valuable that this stupid homework gets done? You know what I mean? That really doesn't matter in the long run. It's like, they're going to learn how to read and all that. But I, I fall, I fell into that trap today with my son with homework for real. Just like, all right, let's just get this done. I'm tired. You're tired. This sucks. Let's get it done. Right. <laughs> Instead just, of just being like, I'm here for you and I love you, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it depends. So I'm, because again, like I said with Pat, it's like, oh, the electric bill didn't get paid because he's thinking about writing a new book and his wife's thinking about a new this, that, and they're, they're over here. And it's like, so yeah. And it's trying to like, Hey, are there people in my life? Like one of the guys, there's a whole working genius podcast with, with Pat and this folks. So I think they're about two years into it. So you can listen to their podcast. And one of the guys, um, he said, word to John, he's a DG. And he was like, Oh, my other friend here is, is high and I and inventive. And I hear like, here's all the cool things he's doing with his kids on a road trip or they're this creative way of doing it. I'm like, Oh, I feel like a bad parent. Cause I don't do any of this stuff. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I could ask my friend Bo, who's a high in the eye for some creative, like, where should I go on vacation? Or like, what, how should I do this differently? And like leveraging other people's geniuses to, to help for you when you work things that are your frustration or that. So it's like, like if you're a DG and somebody invents something, you can then say like, Oh, I get this makes sense. And I can get people behind this, but you might be like, I don't know what to get behind. Like I, I need an idea to look at. And so you're like, Hey, this person has the idea. And so just kind of playing with some of that too, of, of, of teams and thinking about, okay, well, that some executives, I'll just want one last thing. Some executive teams, they might all be like ET, DE or DGE and T. They might be all like kind of at the end. They're not coming with anything new. They can keep executing, but they don't know why they're executing it Mm. or if they should execute something new. They're just like, we're good at executing. And you can see, I think Apple, after Steve Jobs, they don't really have that new invention kind of like they had the iPhone and iPad kind of like, wow, these are monumental breakthroughs. Now it's kind of like, oh, they're different, but they're not. You know, it's like, oh, there's another big tech company. Mm. Well, when when I look at our three, uh, the, the way we're all three of us are a little different and similar at the same time. The, the missing component for all of us seems to be the I, right? The invention. Yeah. Uh, so now you, you had looked at Steve Ford's and we don't have that up here. Was, was he, was he by any chance high in an, in the I, in the invention? Yeah. He's also, he's got us as a competency, just like you, John. So. Yeah, his his geniuses are E and T, and I'm there. Your D and G, and and Peter's, uh, I think, what W and G. So yeah, we've got okay. So that invented that that invention working that would be something that at least amongst the three of us and plus say Steve Ford, we don't we're lacking the I that inventive person, right? Yeah. So we kind of got the bases covered. So in a sense, so I, that'll be interesting for us to figure out who is that within the wilderness outreach community that we need to pull into this, right? Yeah, let and, me just and, read. Uh, they can hit a little bit of the invention. Maybe that you guys, somebody will come to mind. You already have is that the genius of invention is 
about coming up with novel ideas and solutions to solve problems and address issues, invention involves creativity and original thinking, often with little direction. People with this genius are confident and inspired by a problem that has no apparent solution, and they derive energy and joy from getting the opportunity to take a first crack at coming up with a new idea. The benefits of this genius are generally well understood in society and include anything related to innovation, novel thinking, and original problem solving. Hmm. I'm kind of, so they would typically, an, inv an inventive person would typically be coupled with the wonder then. Right, because the wonder's like, yes, big picture, and then they're like, yes, you're asking the right question. Peter, you're asking the right question of like, why, why can't, you know, this doesn't make sense. Why are we repairing it this way on the car or, or that? And then they're like, hey, what if you did this? What if you use this tool? And so what if I made this tool that did this? You say you have to, you know, go from this one and put it down and then get another tool. What if I put these two together or something and you just flipped it around and then you're using, you didn't have to hear something like that. It's just sort of like the wanderer says like, hey, this is off. There's a need for change. The inventor says like, yes, you're right. This needs to change. And here's how we can change it. And then the D is like, the discerner can be like, yes, that's actually going to work. Mm -hmm. I, yes, this makes sense. Versus like, oh, you know, you invent it. Just because you invent it doesn't mean it works. So like if you're an invention and tenacity or you're two, you can invent something and then just keep, just go mm -hmm. with it. And if you skipped all the steps of getting other people on board or vetting it, you can come out with products that are like, oh, wait a minute, we didn't need that. So, so yeah, I've got a little bit of that going on in my profile in the working competency area I see there. So I, I do have a little bit of inventiveness, I guess, but it's not something I would be, you know, naturally inspired to work in all the time. But there's a little, there's a little doorway there, I guess, for me. Yeah, because um, like, I'm just kind of, guessing but like if you if you were if you had a high eye you probably like the wilderness outreach events there's some tweaking to them but it's sort of like there's a rhythm of what it looks like you know okay we're gonna can't like we do some weekend events we do some week long we kind of have we got the advent hike we got carry the cross like there's sort of a general like this is okay we kind of whereas the inventive person we're like all right this year we're trying this then we're doing three months later it's a new it may not have the same like mm. we're gonna keep doing just kind of guessing that kind of creativity or saying like, Oh yeah, we should, what about that? Like, what if we did, you know, it's like, Oh, what if we did this thing for Pentecost fire or something? Like, you know, you're like, Oh, would you carry the cross? You know, you know I'm just throwing great things out there, but they, yeah. would, they kind of be like, we gotta keep, we gotta keep doing new things. And they might, might be hard for them to say like, yeah, let's keep doing it. Whereas the ETs like, he's like, yeah, we know how to get it done. Let's keep doing it. And they're like, well, wait a minute, that's boring. I want to find a new way to do it. They're not going to cut the grass the same way each time. That's what Pat, Pat's a, Pat Lanchoni's a W, I think he's a, or maybe an ID. And he was like, his dad was always like, you got to cut the grass this way. And it like drove him crazy. If his dad was just like, cut the grass however you want, he'd be like, well, I'll do it this way this week. Maybe I'll add this over here. But his dad was an ET. And so it was like, you got to do it this way. And that would drive him crazy. And it's the same task was cutting the grass. But a T is like, we got to get it done. We know how to do it the most efficient way. And the eye might like, I need some creativity. Like, I need some ownership of this and the freedom to kind of explore. And so you could get the same task done, but it's done completely different. 
based hmm. off of yeah. how you approach a project. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing some other men do this. There's another uh, young man that uh, is part of our our extended family and, and group and organization, uh, Michael Arnold. And uh, so I, I'm really kind of curious about him looking at this. I, th I think he could be the inventive guy almost. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. I have to, I'm going to meet with him next week. We're going to do a hike together and I might try to get him to take this before then. That would be kind of cool. So, Hey, wow. I can't believe it. It's nine o'clock already. We've been at it for an hour. And, uh, uh, so, uh, if you get a chance, folks slide on over to the wilderness outreach website and look at the Trek page and you might see something on there for that, that man, brother or father or son in your life that might want to engage with wilderness outreach. So we've got, uh, we got, in fact, I was thinking maybe, you know, a couple of years ago, um, Caitlin was like on me about. You need to have something local for Bob because he can't go out west anymore, right? He's got he's got too many kids that he's uh, he's got to take care of in the house and everything. So, but anyway, we've got some weekend stuff coming up. Maybe Bob can come over here to Ohio and either do uh, we got that weekend that we we're calling it, you know, uh, trail work, cigars, and masculine spirituality. And yeah, that's we'll see. Hopefully, we can we can we can get yeah, there. Yeah, it's on, like March tenth. I think it's March 10th through the 12th. We're going to engage a bunch of guys. We're going to go into Tar Hollow where Bob's been before. Peter's been there several times going there and, and clear some trails out with our crosscut saws. Then we're going to do the uh, carry the cross hike again. That's in April 8th on Holy Saturday. Uh, we're going to do a father and son weekend. I uh, believe that's going to be like the, the week after carry the cross. And, uh, there's something I'm missing in there, but, uh, oh, we're going to do Damascus at, at the, the Damascus Catholic campus. We're going to go up in there the first weekend in March and uh, get the chainsaws out and cut a bunch of firewood and get it split up for the, for the youth campers that'll be coming up there this coming summer. And then we're going to go do that rogue river, uh, wilderness, uh, expedition in the beginning of May. Uh, with a bunch of men from uh, St. Paul's Outreach and Focus and uh, Buckeye Catholic up at Ohio State University. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, we're still kind of messing around with what we're going to do in in July on the on the front range. I think we're going to go take a peek at the Triangle Cross Ranch up in northern Wyoming, see if we can work with those folks up there, good Catholic folks that are related to the uh, Mystic Monk Coffee folks. So... And then, in, uh, then we're heading back out into the high Sierra and, uh, we're going to go out in the John Muir wilderness or the, uh, the Ansel Adams wilderness and do some trail work in there, uh, end of July, beginning of August. So, um, I think, uh, with that, uh, folks, thanks for being here, Bob. Thanks so much for doing this with us. This, You're is, welcome. this, this has really been great. instructive. It's really made me kind of discern a lot of different things right yeah I, I think it'd be neat for people going on expeditions to kind of yes as a potential saying like hey where do you fit in when where yeah. are we doing work right um right. and not that you have to be this is not a one size fits all explains everything you need to be hemmed in by it but just 
to give a framework right. of how right. people approach work. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you comfortable with? You know, what's, yeah. what, why can you get to work and then like go at it all day long? Cause you really love doing it. Right. So it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to know that you, you might be able to figure that out and then, right. and then aim in that direction. So, um, so I'm, I'll end this up with a prayer, man. Sounds good. Good and, deal. Uh, Peter, if you can uh, bring the music in at the right time. See what I can do. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, you bring many nations together to unite in praising your name. Make us able and willing to do what you ask. May the people you call to your kingdom be one in faith and love. And we ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Yeah.